Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Lord, have your way in our hearts this very night. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you because you're a congregational God. We thank you because your promises are true. And wherever two or three are gathered, you're in the midst of us. God, this is no exception. We believe that you're here and our desire is to please you. Our desire is to connect with you. Our desire is to be able to listen to your voice. Listen to, be able to listen to your voice and respond to everything that you want to do in our favor. God, we lift up your name. Can somebody shout a praise? Can somebody lift up an applause unto heaven? Come on, leave your eyes closed and lift your hands and thank him. You know, this is this is Thanksgiving month. And if you have something to be thankful, if God's been faithful in your life, if God has blessed your family, if God has blessed you financially, if there's anything, anything that you could find that's worthy of giving God praise, come on, take the opportunity to say thank you. Lift up your voice. Come on. I want to hear JTP Church today start lifting up a shout of praise and thanksgiving unto God. We're grateful, God. We're grateful. Every good thing in our life is because of you. Every single thing that we see that's good in our family, in our lives, and everything that surrounds us, every favor, every door that's open, God, we attribute it to you. It is through your faith. This is it's your arm, your strong arm that extends towards us. And for that, we're grateful, God. Come on, give your best applause to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you turn around and find somebody. Actually, don't find somebody. Find two or three people and tell them, it's good to see you again. Good to have you back at church. How many of you are grateful that the Dolphins won? Three in a row, watch out. Don't count them out yet. Amen. Well, some of you guys have already been here for the 9 a.m. service, 11 o'clock service. This is our last service of the week, and this is a very important service. And it's, and it's important because it's the last service before we go out to vote. How many of you guys are registered to vote? Raise your hand. How many of you guys already voted? How many of you guys have not voted yet? Okay, some of you guys, most of you guys voted already. All right. And I want to talk to you a little bit about voting and about praying and about fasting. And Jensen Franklin from Free Chapel, it's a big church in Atlanta, Georgia. They have this movement called Pray, Fast, and Vote. And I wanted to be a part of that movement. And I want to be able to share this movement with you. And I would love for us as a church to be able to enter into this movement and I'm going to talk a little bit about what it requires. But first of all, let me just tell you about one of the most gruesome stories in the entire Bible. I mean, this story is, is crazy. And it's in the book of Judges chapter 19. It talks about this Levite. And as you guys know, a Levite was a person that ministered in the temple of God. This was like a, it was kind of like a priest, right? Or like a worship minister. This guy loved God with all his heart. He would always be in church. And he had this woman and they were going from one city to another and what happened is that on the way back from that city that they went to back home 
it got really dark, so they had to stop in a city from the tribe of Benjamin. And when they stopped in that city, these crazy men came. They wanted to rape the guy. The guy was able to save his life, but they got his wife, and they raped her, and they beat her all night long. And when the sun started rising, they finally let this lady go all bloodied. She started crawling. I want to start reading here in the book of Judges. You can follow me, chapter 19, verse 27, so you could see what happened once the sun came up. It says, when her master arose in the morning, meaning her husband, and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine or his wife fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. I want you to picture this. This lady, she crawled her way from wherever these men abused her. I don't know how long she had to crawl, but she crawled all the way bloodied. She was raped. She was beaten. And she died with her hand on the threshold of the house where her husband was. And the Bible says, he said to her, get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. She was dead. So the man lifted her onto the donkey and the man got up and went to his place. When he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine, and split her into 12 pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, no such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. And then it says three things that the people did in response to what this guy did. They say that they considered it. Everybody say they considered it. Come on, say it with more enthusiasm. They considered it. I, I, know, it's, I know it's a little bit late on Sunday, but you could give me a little bit more emotion, right? Everybody say they conferred and they spoke up. I want to be able to speak to you. I'm not going to be too long today. I'm going to be really brief. When you come to think about it, this guy grabbing his dead wife and splitting with a knife her limbs, splitting her into 12 pieces, and he sent one piece of his wife to each of the tribes of Israel. You're probably saying this guy is crazy. But I feel that today the United States of America is this dying woman. The nation's hands are at the threshold of the church. And if the church doesn't do anything, and if the church doesn't stand up and vote and stand up and pray and stand up and fast for what's coming in the next couple of years, this could continue getting worse and worse and worse. How many of you are ready to stand up and do your part and do what you have to do in order for the morals and in order for God's protection to continue over the United States of America and God's provision and God's blessing over the state and over this family and over our country? How many are willing to do their part? Well, the hands of this dying nation is just like this woman. You see, a lot of stuff was going on. There was a lot of perversion, especially in one of the tribes, which was the tribe of Benjamin. They were up to no good. And there were evil men that were raping women. They actually wanted the guy, right? That's how perverted they were. They wanted to rape the guy, but then they settled for the woman. They beat her. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And you know what? The church or Israel, which represents the church, they were very... Just like nothing happened. They would just go on with their life like if everything was fine and dandy. And I feel in America that's kind of what's going on with us. There's a lot of stuff in the last couple of years that has been happening. And the church hasn't stood up. 
through their votes, through their fasting, through their prayer to do their part. And I believe that God is calling us to be able to stand up. Can anybody say amen to that? For example, one of the issues that are so important, you have to see which of the candidates that we're going to be voting for are pro-life. Since abortion has been legalized, 50 million abortions have been committed here in the United States of America. More than 1 million abortion every single year. I don't know if you guys remember the story of Cain and Abel, but the Bible says that Cain, when he realized that God accepted Abel's offering over his offering, he became really jealous. And what did he do? He, he grabbed a huge boulder and he hit his brother on the head and killed him. And the Bible says that the blood of Abel started crying out unto God. You guys remember that story? And God came to Cain and he said, hey, what did you do to your brother? His blood is calling out to me. And he says, well, am I like a safekeeper of my brother? Why are you calling me? And he ran away from God. Now, if that was the blood of one person, could you imagine how loud the blood of 50 million babies cry out unto God? And yet in America, sometimes we know about this abortion. We know about all this that's going on. And we even sometimes even support the candidates that are supporting this. And, and I wonder how God feels when that happens. The blood of all these kids, all these abortions that have been being executed here in the United States of America year after year after year are crying out unto God, just like the blood of Abel cried out. Another point that's very important in these elections, whether or not we're going to vote for somebody that's pro-Israel. You see, before I keep on going with what I'm talking about today, I want you to realize that I'm not for a Democratic Party. I'm not for a Republican Party. I want to make sure that as a person, as a God-fearing person, as a God-fearing man, I'm voting for whoever does according to the will of God. It's not about a party. It's not about a person, right? It's about who's going to do things that are going to be in line with what the Word of God says, because the Bible says that when the just govern, then there will be peace in the city and the nation. How many say amen? But when the wicked govern, then there's uncertainty and there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Last year, we approved a nuclear deal that gave Iran the opportunity to be able to develop nuclear weapons. That's something that is very, very dangerous. As you guys know, Iran is against Israel. That's something that's very important. God said in his word that we shall always pray for Israel. How many of you guys pray for Israel, the nation of Israel? We have to, as people of God, we have to pray for them and we have to make sure that whoever is the next president of the United States is somebody that's going to be able to be pro-Israel. Another issue that's very important is pro-family and pro-marriage. The last couple of years, they've tried to redefine what is marriage. And God had already defined it. If God had defined what is marriage, what are we doing redefining it? We have to make sure that we are in agreement with the Word of God. Because if we say, if we try to redefine marriage, it's like telling God, look, God, the way that you established is the incorrect way. We know better and what happens when we do things against the will of God, when we say God's way is not the best way, actually, we think that there's a better way. You know what? What we're doing is opening the doors to curse into our nations. We're opening the doors for things to start getting bad. So pro-family, pro-marriage, it's important for us to know who are the candidates that are supporting this. And not just the presidential candidates, but also the justices that are going to be assigned and are going to be appointed in this next election. Another one of the issues that are very important and that has contributed to the demoralization here 
of our great nation, America. Sexual promiscuity, pornography. Did you guys know that the pornography industry is larger than the revenues of the top technology companies combined? I'm going to mention them. Microsoft, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, Netflix, and Earthlink. Eight of those companies, the pornography industry makes more income than all of those companies, which are very profitable companies, to say the least. Little by little, this country has gotten more promiscuous and falling. And, and as the church, we don't even realize it and we don't stand up. Last election, I shared this in the morning. Last election, we had four million Christians, evangelicals, that didn't go out and vote. And if you guys know, the president won the last election by exactly that amount. If we all would have gone out to vote, maybe things would have been different. But he appointed a chief justice, a Supreme Court justice that has carried forward an agenda that's totally contrary to the Word of God. And that's where we are right now. This is why I'm sharing this topic. I know I, I never talk about voting, and you guys, we don't get into politics, and that's, that's not what we're about because we're about the Word of God. We're about salvation. We're about, but it's so important. And as a church, being that the elections are next Tuesday, we need to stand up and we need to do our part. Amen? This election is so important because the next president of the United States is going to have to appoint three Supreme Court justices. And whoever's going to be at that level, the justices that are going to be appointed into the Supreme Court are going to make decisions that are going to determine whether our country is going to go in God's direction or in another direction. So it's important to get out and vote. And this is huge. The Bible says that when this happened, when this lady was raped, she was beat, and she came with the last breath, and she reached her hand to the threshold of her house, and her husband the next morning found her. The Bible says that he was outraged. He was outraged that stuff was going on in his nation, and everybody was turning a cold shoulder like if everything was fine and dandy. Nobody would stand up. You might say that what he did was a little bit drastic, but I think that it's time that we as a church stand up and be a voice. He got this lady, cut her up into 12 pieces, and sent it to each of the 12 tribes. And the Bible says that these people, the first thing they did when they saw that, they said, wow, never has something like this been done. That caused them to respond and it caused them to, to be outraged at what was going on in the city. You know, everybody was probably talking about it, about how bad things are. You know, how bad things were going and how things were getting worse and worse and worse as the days go on. But nobody would be outraged to the point that they would say, hey, let's do something about it. And this action of this man created outrage in the people. And they started getting together. And this getting together led to three things. The first thing is that they considered everything. Fast forwarding now to 2016 to what we're living now in the nation. And in this time that we're living, what are we going to be doing with respect to everything that's happening to our great nation? Will we keep going on like everything is okay? I pray that God tonight will outrage you like this man's action did to the people of Israel to finally not turn a cold shoulder and not just say, God, please send somebody or do something, but for you to do your part and for us as the church to stand up and consider what's going on and get outraged because that's the first step into getting something done. How many say amen? So they considered it. They saw what was going on. They said, look, we can't continue going forward. Look what they did to this man's wife. And I could imagine 
that when this guy started sending the limbs, I mean, I don't know if they probably went with a UPS package, but when they started opening and they saw the head of the lady, could you picture that? That just started stirring up something. And I'm praying that today the Holy Spirit will tug at your heart that you would realize that there's a lot of stuff going on in our country that shouldn't be going on. And you know what? You have a voice. We have a voice and our voice is our vote. When we stand up and vote, we're saying, look, we want this. And we have to be educated with respect to whom we're voting. For those that haven't voted, yes, we still have some flyers outside that shows you every single candidate, not just the presidential candidates, but also the justices and what they believe and how they stand on each of these topics. Because like I said, we're not voting for Democratic. We're not voting for Republican parties. We're voting for people that are fearful of God and that are willing to do what God has called us to do to preserve our great nation. Amen? Can somebody give God praise? So consider, the second thing they did is confer. You know, there were 12 tribes of Israel and each of them was separated. One of the things about the church nowadays sometimes is that there's so much separatism with respect to the denominations. Oh, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Evangelical. That's why in JDB we're non-denominational. We're just Christians. Christian means that I follow Jesus and follow the Bible. Jesus never said, oh, the Baptists are going to be saved, the Pentecostals are going to hell, or vice versa, the Catholics. He said, whoever believes in my name, whoever follows me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as long as you follow Jesus and follow the Bible, that's what it's all about. So I believe that when this man chopped this lady into 12 pieces, you know, what happened was that these 12 tribes came together. They conferred and they came together. They, another version says they sought counsel and they came and they started saying, look, we can't continue on like this. This is going to continue to deteriorate our nation until we're all wiped out. It's time that we stand up and do something about it. And the Bible says that if you read chapter 20 of the book of Judges, they came together and they had some long fights until they finally were able to kill all these people. They overthrew them. And from then on, they were able to continue building the nation and continue to living in a godly way. So they considered, they conferred, and the last thing they did is they spoke up. Those are the three things that are written in the last verse of Judges chapter 19. Fast forwarding now to 2016, how can we speak up with what's going on now in our nation? Well, your vote is your voice. I said your vote is your voice. I've heard a lot of people say, you know what, I don't like her, I don't like him, I'm not voting for any, I'm not even voting, because they're both bad. And I agree, I don't blame you. I have a lot of things that I disagree with, with both. But I'm not voting for a person. It's not about personality. It's not about lost emails. It's about what? It's about who is willing and who believes and who is gonna do things according to the word of God. So when we go out to vote, you know, we're voting for the people that are going to continue to carry on the things that please God. Amen? What I'm challenging you guys to do, we call this message pray, fast, and vote. And what we're going to do is we're going to start praying tomorrow and Tuesday. Tuesday is the election day. It's when we go out to vote, the people that haven't voted yet. So the first thing that's important to do is Pray, and I'll tell you why it's important. I've heard a lot of people that when the president puts a law into effect that you're in disagreement, they start 
saying a whole bunch of stuff. They go on Twitter, they go on Facebook, they start saying, oh my gosh, this is an outreach, this is crazy. But sometimes we never pray. We criticize a lot, but we don't pray. And the Bible doesn't say that we should criticize. The Bible says that we should pray. And I want to share this with you so you don't take my word for it. I want you to go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. It says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then it says, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. How many of you guys want to live a peaceful life? Raise your hands. Well, the Bible says that in order for that to happen, we need to pray for the people that are in authority. Sometimes it's a lot easier to criticize and say, well, I'm not in agreement with this, or this guy is fool, this guy is this. He's... The Bible is calling us into action that we may pray. When was the last time you prayed for President Obama? When was the last time you prayed for your mayor? You see, sometimes we read the Bible and we say, oh, yeah, we got to do it. But now it's personal. When have I prayed for President Obama? When have I prayed for my mayor? When have I prayed for my governors? The Bible says that we should do it. He actually exhorts us that we should pray for presidents, kings, all who are in authority so that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. And then it says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Everybody say it's good to pray for those that are governing. It's important. We need to do it. Before you criticize, before you Facebook and share it with somebody and say, look what this person did. And you know what? Pray. Pray because they need the grace of God. It's not easy leading a country. It's not easy leading a city. We need to make sure that through prayer, we cover all these people, and especially now with the elections coming. So everybody say, first step, pray. So this is what I'm calling you guys to do. Tomorrow is Monday, and then we have Tuesday, two days, November 7th and November 8th. Let's pray. Every second that you have, pray. Father God, let it be your will. Whoever it's going to be the next president, I pray that, Father, that person's going to be a God-fearing person, that that person's going to lead this nation in a godly way. Start praying. Start covering them. And the next thing we're going to do is fast. I want to challenge you guys to fast these next two days. Amen? All right. And I want to show you why. Let me give you a, an example in the Bible. Jonah chapter 3, verse 5 through 10. It's, it's a story that maybe a lot of you guys know. They were up to no good, these people. And God called the prophet Jonah. We talked a little bit about him a, a few months ago. And God told him, look, go and tell Nineveh, the city, all these people, there was about 100,000 people living there. Tell them that if they don't turn from their ways, I'm going to send fire from heaven and consume them all. Because they were perverted. They were doing things just like these people that we just finished reading right now from the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible says that finally after a whole ordeal with this prophet, he finally went. And I want to read chapter 3, verse 5. And I want you to see what this king did once he heard the word of God from this prophet. It says, so the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a what? Say it out loud. Can you guys read it there? It's kind of a fast. Everybody say a fast. They proclaimed a fast. And put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe. And he covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, 
let neither man or beast herd nor flock taste anything do not let them eat or drink water but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to god yes let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands who can tell if god will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish and the bible says then god saw their works everybody say god saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. The story is about a people that were doing stuff totally in disagreement with the Bible, living, living for them, not living for God. But when the word of God came, the first thing they did is they considered it and they repented from the greatest one, which was the king, even the cattle. The kids, the women, every single one fasted. And the king said, let us fast as a nation because maybe this fasting will please God. And if we turn away from evil, then maybe God will forgive us and not send his wrath over us. And the Bible says that when God saw them turn away, that God did not send the wrath. I, I believe that no matter how bad America is today, if we humble ourselves, as the church and sometimes the church needs to be the first one to stand up and say God forgive our sins as a nation forgive us the Bible says that if we humble ourselves as a nation before God then God will heal our land amen and I think we need healing here in America we need God to be able to bring together marriages one out of every two marriages fail people don't even want to get married anymore because they say that doesn't even work that's old school you know what everything that God instituted is good but the problem is that we become so sexually promiscuous that now we're paying the price for our sins and marriages are dividing and everything is crazy. Kids are being raised without one of their parents and that's leading to a whole other set of problems. But you know what? When we humble ourselves before God and we fast and we pray, God hears and God heals our land. So I want to challenge you guys in the next two days, tomorrow and Tuesday as a church, to be able to pray and to be able to fast for this specifically, right? Pray for this specifically. What's a fast? A fast is when you abstain yourself from things you do every single day with one purpose, to seek God for something specific. What are we seeking God specifically for? The future of our country. We want to make sure that the next person that gets elected to be the president of the United States, to be a person that is God-fearing. That's what we're going to be praying for. And that's what we're going to be fasting for. We're not going to pray for your little cat that twisted his paw. We're going to pray for this specifically. And we're going to fast in favor of our country. And how many of you believe that God's heart gets turned? Our fasting calls the attention of God. And his ear is drawn when there's prayers and there's fasting going on. Just like it happened here in Nineveh. I believe that if we enter into this movement and there's so many churches doing this it's not just us like i said jensen franklin started this and there's actually even a free ebook if you go to jensenfranklin.org there's a free ebook that you could download you could start reading so that we could unite with this movement because i believe that we're in a very crucial state in our nation and this is the time for the church to stand up we could look away and not see all the things that have been going wrong or we could stand up like this man did and be outraged and said you know I'm gonna do my part I'm gonna pray I'm gonna fast and the last thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna vote why because our vote is our voice 
JTP Church, please stand on your feet. On Tuesday morning or afternoon, it's important that you share your voice. And as the Church of Jesus Christ, you could vote for those candidates that are for the issues that God supports. In our table in the lobby, you guys are going to see some flyers. Take them. It's important. If you haven't done some research, it's important that you know what each candidate stands for so that you know what we're voting in favor of. And now, I just want to be able to give people opportunity to be able to come close to God. You know, God is a very personal God. And He's a God that's for us, not against us. I don't know where you are in your life and in your walk with God today. Some of you guys I know. Some of you guys I don't know. But one thing I know is that God knows every single detail that goes on in our lives. He knows us in and out. And I want to do a calling today. If, if you want to draw closer to God, if there's anybody here that's going through situations that are out of your control, and you say, man, I need God in my situation because I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And I need to see the power of God. I need to see God do a miracle in my life because I've tried to do it on my own, but in my own power, I haven't gotten anywhere. I want to let you know, number one, that God is for you and not against you. Amen. The Bible says that God will never reject anybody. You can never fall too low that God can pick you out of. God extended this love towards us through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he gave up his only son so that he could come and die for every single one of us. So that every single one of our sins will be pardoned and will be cleansed through his blood. And I want to just open this calling. If there's anybody here that's never led Jesus into your heart and you want the gift of eternal life, and you want to say, God, help me from this point on because I've tried living my life my own way, but I, I realize that I need help. I want you to forgive my sins and I want to start a new life. There's people right here today that you need a new beginning. You desperately need God to do something in your life today. That's how urgent it is. And God's extending this to you. And I just, I pray that everybody close their eyes right now. And if God is speaking to you, just raise your hand there. I just want to do a prayer over your life wherever you are. If you need God's grace, if you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I need God in my life. I need God to do a miracle in my life. Just raise your hand where you are and God will see it. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the people who raised their hands, please. If you can come up here, I'd love to pray for you. I believe that God is in this place. Hallelujah. This country was founded by God-fearing people. And that's the reason why we've become great. And you know what? I think it's in God's heart for us to continue growing, for America to be great, for your families to continue being blessed. So many people leave their countries to try to get into our country. Why? Because God's blessing has been in this country because we've feared God. We've 
We've been a nation that have sent so many missionaries out to bless other people. Whenever there's a disaster, we send people out to different parts, to Haiti, to be able to send food and provision. We're a giving nation. And that's why God has blessed us. You know, we need to make sure that we continue being the nation that God called us to be. Now speaking more on a personal level, sometimes we go through a lot of challenges in our lives and sometimes the enemy tries to come and, and steal the purpose of God from our lives and tell us that we're not meant for great things. But man, God is here reminding you that God has created you for great things. Amen. God has a huge plan like we spoke about. His dreams for our lives are greater than anything we could imagine. And as long as we're connected with God, as long as we're prayerful people, as long as we're people that fast and seek God's grace and God's face, God will continue on a daily basis to reveal to us our purpose, to connect us to our destiny and to see everything that God has planned for our lives come to pass. Amen? So let's, let's worship. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. I want you to declare this. Our God is greater.